Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Happy International Nurse Day. Studies say over 50% leave the profession within two years. So similar to people who start a podcast. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel, rather be an OnlyFans star, Cheeseman. Whoo, and this is Chad. It's time to hydrate, so wash. And on this week's episode, Hire View Go Shopping, LinkedIn bids adieu to China, and Bard cozies up to Indeed and Zip. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Clearly a little sleep deprived. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that, that was an amazing trip. I definitely have to hydrate. I did well hydrating, but there was so much alcohol consumed during this trip. But mm-hmm. I got to say, ending up 
with a delayed flight last night. Both of us. Both yeah. of us. Yeah. You got yeah. up even earlier than we did to have to hit hit the airport. But uh, yeah, we were supposed to go through Atlanta. That flight wasn't canceled. It was just postponed, which means we would have had to stay the night in Atlanta. So they flew us to LAX. And then my head didn't hit the pillow until 7 a.m. this morning. So got a few hours sleep, feeling good, hydrating. Trust me, no one feels sorry for us, Chad. No one feels sorry <laughs> for us. We had a fantastic week yes. in Southern California. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that, shall we? Oh, God, yeah. So the Veritone, dude. So you came into John Wayne. Yep. Julie and I came into uh, San Diego. We got a car. And uh, we drove up. Always, always love doing those little trips, right? John Wayne is Orange County for the kids out there that don't remember who John Wayne is. And <laughs> shame on you if you don't know who John Wayne is. Shame on you. On the way up, it's hilarious though. We pass an In-N-Out Burger, and I look at it and I said, "I bet you, you got to jump right to the In-N-Out." I joke. bet you. On the way back, on the way back, we get a request from Cheeseman. He's going to come back with us. Get a request from Cheeseman. We will hit an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> He's, that's, it's like predicting the sun will come up tomorrow. That's like the easiest prediction in the history of predictions. Hey. Cheeseman will want In-N-Out burger. Yeah, good for you, Chad. Good prediction. Got good it. prediction. I, I like that. like that. Much better than your usual predictions. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah. So, so you finally you made it in. I was there first. Yep. Got some seafood. Uh, some listeners will know my wife hates seafood. So whenever I'm in a locale with good seafood, yeah, that's where we were. Uh, yeah. The the uh, the seafood is a flowing. So we're talking sushi rolls. We're talking shrimp cocktails. We're talking uh, everything. Clam chowder. We're talking mm. everything. Everything. In my belly. Yes. It, it, so Veritone hooked us up. They invited us up there. They're like, hey, you're coming to you're coming to Cali. Come a few days early. We'll hook you up at the Lido house, which is posh as fuck, guys. Yep. Uh, we're hanging out at the pool. We go on Ryan's boats with Terry. I mean, it, a, amazing food, amazing yep. company. Not only Ryan Steelberg and Ter- Terry Baker out on on the boat enjoying, you know, the bay and the in in the ocean, but also we we hooked up with Kelly Robinson and and Dom Barton. As well, so a little UK love uh, in SoCal. <laughs> uh, by the way, we used to be a podcast of the people. Now we're just two douchebags on a yacht. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened to us. I need to go roll around in some nachos to feel to feel better about myself. We're, we're, we're going to fix that in Nashville at Wreckfest because <laughs> what I'm true. We'll get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going back because we're going to do a pontoon booze cruise, right? So we're gonna we're gonna fix that because we are a podcast of the people, my friend. we're gonna make it up in nashville that's nice that's nice i do think one thing that's was interesting is big tech used to not give a shit about employment whether it was google or you name it but a a public company like veritone kick-ass ai and solutions i mean work work tech work whatever you want to call it is a major part of their future yes and uh that's a major change in what we've known for the last 20 25 years yes and and their tech is so much more advanced than anything that we have in our space let's just go ahead and put that out there okay they've cloned our fucking voices guys they've they've translated our voices into four different languages and that's yeah. just the tip of the fucking iceberg it's it, it's pretty amazing the generative ai that they play 
play with, not just with voice, but also with avatars, video. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, what what we were able to see and hear about under NDA, sorry kids, at some point, uh, yep. you'll know as well, was just blows your mind oh. uh, that the, some of this stuff is coming to employment. A little yeah. bit scary, a little bit scary, but a uh, <laughs> <laughs> little bit scary, but uh, still awe-inspiring nonetheless. Well, then we went south, which is when we actually got to have the prediction come true. A little in and out burger for Joel Cheeseman. Oh my God. I was so stuffed with all the fish and, and, and seafood that we'd had at that who point. Who goes to In and Out and gets nothing? Chad Sowash. That's who. <laughs> That's who goes there and gets nothing. I tell you who was happy though, Julie Sowash. Because <laughs> she wanted some In and Out burger, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah. we make it down, we make it down to Coronado Beach, right? Yep. Isom's hooked us up. We were at the Lowe's, the resorts. Uh, again, first thing we do is throw our stuff down, go to the pool. It's a good time. By the way, if 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 Julie Sowash says that she's bringing sunscreen, don't believe it. Bring your own sunscreen. <laughs> I was a bearded lobster uh, by the pool. Oh, for most dude, of the, time. the Lido House and Lowe's both had their own self serve freaking. Shut up, shut up. Actually, my Mediterranean skin has soaked up the. Uh, <laughs> Soaked up the sun nicely. Thank God we're on video now. You can yes. go check it out uh, for yourself. How how savagely <laughs> tan I am. I've got a nice base. I'm uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this uh, this next coming uh, couple, uh-huh. few months. Yeah. So iSims hooked us up. Carly did. I mean, I gotta I gotta give it to her. She was like, "Look, I'm gonna make a bet on Chad and Cheese. They might come up in here and fuck some things up." which is not good for me, or they might mm-hmm. just blow it out of the water, which we did. So big, big thanks to Carly, super fans, Will and Brooke, Megan for, for, for helping us with the t-shirts and just a long yeah. list of people that took care of us. I mean, I, I literally felt like royalty. It was, it was a good time. I got to say that. So the, the t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, Carly Dyson said, Hey, we love your t-shirts. Let's get some, uh, exclusive ones made for the show. Yep. I was like, cool. So it's our shirt with, you know, featured Isims Inspire. Uh, I think had 150 made. Probably about 200 people went to this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, man, you're going to have a lot of shirts left over. <laughs> no one's going to want these things. They were gone the, like before the first day was over. I, by the time we did our thing, I looked down. I was like, they were gone. I looked under the table, nothing on the table, like they were literally gone. So people hoarded these shirts, loved them. I can hear Stephen McGrath right now. Gone. Where's my T-shirt? <laughs> Stephen's not happy. We're going to have to do something to, to cheer him up a little bit. One of our favorite, probably our favorite, Scott, who will will, will definitely get a T-shirt, if not more, when we see him at Wreckfest. Just the tip. I promise. We had Christy <laughs> Spilka and, and Loray Porter oh, yeah. on stage with us. Uh, this is a very exclusive group of practitioners mm-hmm. who were in the room. Uh, great contents, great parties. Joel, you, I thought you broke a hip on stage, but that was the, that was the on roll, purpose. We're calling it the roll now, I think. <laughs> the roll got a lot of attention. It, how could you not? All I did was I thought it was a, it was a snap decision. <laughs> I engaged with my inner Chris Farley and uh, Chevy Chase, and I did like a roll on the stage. Yeah. Someone got video of this. People thought yeah. I really fell. They were Brooked concerned. It. You were like, he pulled a muscle. Uh, I'm glad 911 didn't show up, uh, but 
the role the role got a lot of attention. If it you did. haven't seen that, uh, go to social media and check it out. And you got right up, grabbed a t shirt, threw it into the crowd, so everybody's like, "He's okay. He's all He's right. okay. He's all right." And it, then it, and then uh, you you forgot to mention, Loray brought us some beer from Nevada. I, w- I wanted to get to that because that was that okay, was we'll amazing. Let you get to that. Loray Porter. She she knows us, right? I feel mm-hmm. like she's our people. Okay, she brings us four different beers from Nevada, IPAs, mm-hmm. most of them hazy, juicy IPAs. It's almost like we were in the same mind. It was beautiful. We we asked Carly, is like, hey, we want to take these on stage so we can drink during our thing, and she 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 froze up. <gasps> Right. <laughs> and then she asked, you know, she, she asked Ari and Ari's like, yeah, of course. What else do we expect? All right. All right. All right. Christy did, though. She had uh, she had champagne on stage. So we, we so she's fancy. <laughs> she is fancy. She's fancy. You know what also is fancy? That fucking iSims hoodie. It's like it, it's so soft and it feels like a hug from Brian Provost. <laughs> yeah. Who made those? Aviator. I never heard of those before. They, they are like they are like custom made. They're like yeah. two hundred bucks a piece. They're like two hundred bucks a piece. Soft, light, yeah, embroidered ice. That was that was great, great. I loved seeing the swag game just get leveled up. Yeah, my house we keep score between Yeti giveaways and hoodie giveaways, and it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty close now. It's pretty close. It's about okay. even. That's a lot nice. of Yetis That's and hoodies nice. getting. Uh, getting sent out by the way when you think about free stuff getting sent out chad oh our listeners if they sign up can get a chance at for set some free shit uh, and, unless you're Stephen mcgrath <laughs> unless you're unless you're unless you live in in the uh, the highlands uh we don't we don't deliver to the highlands unfortunately we're talking about t-shirts uh we have the custom that were made at the show but you can have your very own t-shirt just go to chadcheese.com uh, backslash free or click the free link. We got t-shirts from, uh, from job get. You can win whiskey, my friend. Uh, you get a Chad selection and a cheese selection. Uh, that's from our friends at text kernel. Uh, Aspen tech labs is helping us send beer to people and our friends at plum. If it's your birthday, uh, you have a chance to win a fine bottle of, of rum sent to you on your birthday from our friends at plum. Really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? Yeah, I can feel. I know it, yeah. I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. <laughs> all right, that brings us to the birthday celebration. Uh, last episode was a really long list. This is a really short list. So whatever was in the water back in the day uh, at this time of the year, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's uh, the early May or something. Anyway, so Taurus celebrating another another trip around the sun. We got Amy Butchko, big friend of the show, Michelle yes. Beer. Maria Similton, Krista Foley, Ward Chrisman, Jenny Rutt, and Ed Newman. Nice. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. Yep. And guess where we're going next, kids? It's Wreckfest. Holy shit. Early July, Nebworth Park, just north of London. Joel and I will be emceeing the Disrupt stage. It's all tech, all day, beer, love, friends. Packed house, guarantee you. Nashville hot house. chicken all day. All <laughs> no, day before that, we're s- going to Nebworth first. Then we're going to okay. go to Nashville. <laughs> you were so excited about the Nashville oh, hot yeah. chicken. Wreckfest is everywhere now. Yes, Shit, I can't. Yes, keep so up. we do have we have the Wreckfest in July, but we also have Wreckfest coming to America finally. <laughs> 
and Nashville in September. All of these you can find. Go to chadcheese.com, click on events in the upper right-hand corner, check out where we're going to be, register, especially the the uh, RecFest Nashville. Listen up, kids. Hey, listener. Mm-hmm. 50% off discount code. No shit. 50%. So if you're new to RecFest, let me, let me give you a little something here. It's much different than any of the other conferences that we go to. This is like an all-hands time for for you and your crew. So if you're mm-hmm. a VP of uh, of TA or you're you're, you know, director of TA and you want to have an all hands meeting, this is the place to have it. It's like it's like the easy button. You go to Nashville, you bring the whole gang and that's what this whole event, this carnival of TA masterness, masterfulness, ah, whatever. That's what you have to do, right? So again, chadcheese.com, go to events Go get your 50% off tickets. Bring the whole goddamn crew, man. It's going to be a blast. Am I the only one that thinks the RecFest leadership team wants to spend a night in jail in Nashville? I feel <laughs> like that's that's where this thing is going. And yes, as you see, Chad is Chad is sporting the Shaker recruitment marketing swag. Uh, all our travel is powered by the good folks at Shaker Recruitment Marketing. And for what I understand, Joe Shaker had a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, the Cubs still suck. Last but not least, though, kids, guess what? That's right. Chad and Cheese have gone video. Yes, we're starting off. We're working with our friends over at Skill Scout who can actually do this stuff and make us look good, or at least try to make us look good. What did you need? More Chad and Cheese and our ugly mugs on YouTube. Video snippets coming. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be off the chain. We're gonna have a blast. And uh if we look bad, it's not our fault, it's Skill Scout fault. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Elena and Abby over there, they are fucking pros at what they do. And uh, we're really excited to uh, to partner with them to actually get this done. Yeah, if anyone can make us look competent, uh, it's them. <laughs> but I, I can tell you, the early shows will have some F-ups. So if you want to get a real entertainment, uh, watch the first few episodes of us on video. But it will not be as bad as our first podcasts. I can guarantee that. Oh, God. Topics! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a meandering hour and a half of nothingness. Yeah, go listen to the first ever episode. All right, here we go, kids. We got some topics to cover. HireVue has acquired Modern Hire. They intend Mm -hmm. to use the acquisition to accelerate the growth of both companies' technology and create new solutions to help organizations to understand and activate a candidate's potential beyond their background and experience. Modern Hire's CEO, Karen Borchet, or is it Borchet? Said the combination of the two companies provides, quote, a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to rapidly expand hiring solutions for customers and their candidates alike. Chad, what's your take on the HireVue news? A little backstory, first and foremost, HireVue around since 2004. Okay, 93 million in funding, which seems like a pittance compared to the eightfolds of the world. Right. So you got to give them some love because they are making money because they haven't gone over over the edge with with funding montage. That's that was that was what uh, modern hire was. We'll talk about that in a second. They they came around 2007, about 28 million, 27.7 million in funding. Montage merged with Shaker International and then rebranded to Modern Hire in 2019. Uh, from my sources in the rumor mill, the merger didn't go very well. The cultures clashed. They were pretty 
diametrically opposed from from a team and a culture standpoint. So you have the drama and then the drama doesn't play well to production, goals, focus, sales, vision, anything like that. Then in July of 2020, Modern Hire acquires Sanru, something we've never heard of before, uh, another interviewing tool. So, you know, a bigger fish eating a smaller fish. Uh, one thing that we did see, and kind of like sidebar, Modern Hire always did a wonderful job at, at conferences, showing a little leg, teasing, you know, you to prospective buyers, bro? look at my booth, come demo my product. It really felt kind of like a, an eightfold luring of the buyer strategy just on a trailer park budget. Anyways, congrats to, to Modern Hire. It, it's a fucking hard game. And uh, to, to be out there and, and knowing and hearing that they've been uh, on the the sales, I don't want to say clearance rack. I think they ended up on the clearance rack, but they've been looking to be sold for, for a while now. To me, higher view, bigger fish, eating a smaller fish, which a, a couple of smaller fishes, you know, in, in, you know, in the food chain. So that's that's what we're saying. Consolidation, which we talk about all the time. Yeah. So Montage... Montage was kind of a cool brand. It was. Uh, they were yeah. they were sort of hip and cool and had kind of a cool name. Shaker was this kind of weird Cleveland company. Yeah. That I knew from my time there, and they did like um, job uh, testing. Like you're on the site, you're do like they they tried to pre pre screen you for for jobs. And these two got together. I'm not exactly sure why. I thought that was kind of a weird thing. And then they did the dumbest of all dumb things. They trash the Montage brand mm. and they create this ridiculous modern hire. When you have the show Modern Family, you have David <laughs> Bowie's Modern Love. I mean, it, it just it just did not make any sense to me. Yeah. They come out with these black and gold colors, which weren't the colors of any of the businesses that just paired with each other. I think there was a uh, definite culture uh, clash, if you yeah. will. I think that the tech was very different on both ends. I don't think it worked. I don't think consumers ever really embrace the modern higher brand. I think if they should have remained montage, bought shaker, put in the tech as much as they could, but you know, benefit the current clients. Yeah. But they create a lot of confusion in the marketplace. I don't think it ever worked. We made fun of them at their first uh, HR tech because um, it looked ridiculous. Even the font was stupid. The font looked like they were trying to launch a Hollywood production company or something. Or, or a furniture store. Pandemic happens. And really, I mean, pandemic video solutions, yeah. they, sh they should have thrived. Yes. They did not. And they, they lost uh, they lost real estate to startups that we've talked about on the show. Oh, yeah. I think they've they've lost some leadership and some people uh, at the company over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Along comes Hireview. You know, you know the story. Two dinosaurs cuddle up and to hope that they can withstand the uh, the meteor shower. Yeah. Hireview, clearance rack, great. Sure. Uh, Hireview has been around a long time. If they would have, if they were going to explode, they would have exploded by now. I think they just kind of chug along, found a discount, get some people in, get some salespeople, whatever. But to me, this is a big, this is a big old nothing burger. That's about it. I mean, we're not even talking like, let's just throw in the whole AI legal problems uh, that Hireview has as well. <laughs> and then it's just a whole recipe of why, uh, why acquire another company and blah, blah, blah. It just, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. To me. Well, I mean, the market is just way too noisy and competitive. 
Uh, there are way too many cost-effective and viable options for interview like Bright Hire, yes. Wedge, Hone It, our boys over in Scotland, Willow, Harvard, Qualify, yeah. Interview.io, and even platforms like Woven, Hiring Branch, and those crazy smart Israeli ladies over at Tadio that yeah. test for competencies, which allows you to skip interviewing entirely for some of those yeah. high high volume roles. So I believe in some cases, companies know they're, they, they are filling roles. It, just the process is way too long and they're losing people. Uh, so with the, the latest flurry of startups, which we're starting to see with chatbot interviewing, or mm-hmm. I, as I had said earlier, cutting out the interview process entirely for high, high volume roles, higher view is going to, to have problems gaining market share. So how are they going to get market share? They're going to have to buy it. They're going to have to buy it. And and as we talked about, they're also going to have to do one thing, um, one or one of two things. They're going to have to get acquired. Something's going to have to happen there and or they're going to have to get acquired or just die. Throw in the towel. <laughs> I mean, just cash it in. I just take the money and run. Yeah, because it now modern be hire, modern hire clients are going to be they're going to be transitioned. I, I guarantee you over into higher view and then they're going to see the bill and it's going to be at least two to three X that of what they were used to paying in the first place. Yeah. So it's 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 going to be interesting. It really is. Yeah. Every, everyone was driving a gas automobile and then EVs came out and everybody said, like, I want some of that. Modern hire, not so modern. They're more of a jalopy uh, mm. at this point that got acquired. We hardly knew ye. We hardly knew you. <laughs> Mo- Thank God. Hire. So yeah. from, from one fading company to uh, – Arguably another one. I don't know. LinkedIn <laughs> is cutting 716 jobs, roughly three and a half percent of its workforce as part of a wider restructuring plan. The company will also shut down its local jobs app in China. LinkedIn has been the only Western social media platform to operate in China since 2014. On the jobs front, LinkedIn is testing a new feature that uses generative AI to draft personalized messages Uh, that candidates can send to hiring managers. The feature uses information from a user's profile, as well as the hiring manager's profile, job description, and the company of interest. The AI will create a personalized message that can be sent to the hiring team. The feature is available to the platform's premium subscribers, so no freebies, kids. Chad, your take on some of the news out of LinkedIn this week. So first and foremost, here's a quote from the article. 716 roles will go as a part of changes aimed at responding to economic conditions, economic conditions, and making the business more agile, more agile. So classic CEO spin blaming economic conditions and not addressing substandard product built on 20-year-old tech. I mean, we're seeing this from CEOs everywhere who are trying to create bullshit narratives to save their multi-million dollar comp packages. 716 people, that's about 3.5% of LinkedIn's total headcount. 3.5% will not make you more Agile. At 20,000 employees, LinkedIn is an incredibly bloated organization, and 3.5% will not move the needle, especially when it's the tech and the products that need to be more agile. The amount of tech debt they are paying on a daily basis has to be enormous. I can't even fathom. But the big story here, and, and you definitely touched on it, is the continued failed efforts in China. We've seen many companies try to crack into China either by introducing products like we've seen here with LinkedIn or acquiring 
Chinese sites like Monster did back in the day. China looks like an amazing opportunity until you start throwing cash at, at it and it doesn't come back. On the generative AI side of the house, this is an easy plug for Microsoft. I mean, this is, this is I think, an easy bridge. Do I think that this is going to save you know, the, the, the archaic platform itself? No, I, I think there's got to be something that they do uh, to be able to, to, to change who they are for the future. I mean, they can't be the six degrees from, from Kevin Bacon focus. They have to be more fashion forward and they're going to need new tech to do that. I just don't know how they get there. Layoffs. Layoffs at LinkedIn again, three and a half percent, 26,000 employees, not a big story. I'm just surprised it wasn't more. Uh, why they don't just take one big cut at it and get it over with, I don't know. Uh, so to me, that's not a huge story. Um, I think like most tech companies, laying off people is just par for the course. Replacing those folks with more AI solutions, which by the way, LinkedIn has the inside track. They're owned by Microsoft, uh, who's a big investor in open AI. So that's much to do about nothing. I do agree that the China play is really interesting. Uh, some history, Google got out of China um, over 10 years ago, I think, just because China wanted so much control over the algorithm and the, mm-hmm. the, the search results and who's searching what. And Google's just like, we're out. We're not going to play that game. Yep. Baidu obviously has taken over the search market there. Uh, Facebook never got in. I remember, I remember Zuckerberg over to China and like you know palm pressing and playing nice. Never happened. Twitter never happened. Uh, LinkedIn was really the only social network, and they were basically LinkedIn as you know them until I think 2014. They were the only player in town mm-hmm. since China was being China and like okay, we we want to know who's who are the dissidents, who's sharing stuff about China's government or yep. whatever. So like then LinkedIn said, okay, we're just going to be Jobs. All right, we're just going to be Jobs, and that's it. And I thought, well, how would that's okay? That's pretty safe, right? Well, apparently not. So now they're totally out of China. Um, I think the the regulations, the government. I just think it became too much of a headache. They probably weren't posting a ton of jobs anyway in China. I'm guessing most Chinese companies. Uh, are encouraged to post their jobs on Chinese sites yes. and not American sites. The TikTok drama, I think, has some play into that. I think maybe mm-hmm. LinkedIn is saying, like, look, this whole app banning censorship thing is going to happen. We might as well get the hell out now while we, you know, while we can and not get look, caught up in the whole TikTok thing. So that that to me is really interesting. And it, it goes to our division of like you're either on Chinese or team you team like Western democracy team authoritarian and the world is splitting up and this is sort of indicative of that the uh the ai stuff for job seekers is pretty cool i think making it only uh paid users and i think we talked about this previously like if you made it free uh, employers would freak out because of all the ai generated whatever applications they would have to deal with so if you keep it to the paid members it's a little bit under control bots aren't creating profiles to to spam companies and I think the more that uh, LinkedIn gets to monthly sponsorships by individual users, I think mm. the better the business becomes. Because as you and I talk about companies that don't love necessarily being on LinkedIn and, and are looking for an alternative, like it's smart to have more diversity in, in where money uh, money comes. So um, as far as I can tell, the Kool-Aid is still tasty. Uh, it may be <laughs> not have as much dim sum as it used to have in it. I don't even know if that's a Chinese thing or not, but it sounds like a Chinese thing. So so less Chinese flavor, 
Uh, but I think the Kool-Aid is still tasty at, uh, at, my, at my buddies at LinkedIn. I think they could easily put a cap on the usage. But I'm going to go back to, again, Monster when, when, they, when they acquired uh, the, the Sixth Sense Search back in the day. Yeah. And then it was really cool. It was revolutionary. It was amazing. But then they made you pay for it. So it never got adopted. Right. Yeah. And it just didn't get it didn't reach the adoption level that it should have quickly. We're talking about job matching. That was that was really good. And it was ahead of its time. But mm-hmm. they put that layer of you had to pay for it. Bullshit in there. This is another thing that LinkedIn, you've got to understand history and how this shit works. Allow everybody to touch it, taste it, feel it, put a cap on it and allow those other individuals, right? You got this freemium model that's happening. And if you take a look at Microsoft's Copilot, some of these videos where it's actually embedded into the uh, Microsoft Word, all the different office products, and you're working with the Copilot to be able to generate PowerPoint presentations, spreadsheets, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine what you could do with that generative AI, with all of my information. I've said it a million times. There's more information on LinkedIn about me and my my job history than anywhere else on the web, okay? Imagine grinding on that data, being able to really have a search that could prospectively match me with jobs that, that make sense instead of trying to throw bullshit at me because their current search and technology is shit. But to be able to pivot into those types of things, I really believe from a strategic standpoint, this is this is all flash in the pan because mm-hmm. they're not they're they're not taking a look at what open AI actually did. Had a freemium. Come everybody, come in, taste it, feel it, touch it. How does it okay, great. Here's your monthly fee. Freemium models, Chad. Are the wave of the future. Yeah. It, either way, Microsoft and OpenAI, shit's going to get bonkers. I wonder what Google is going to do. We'll find out when we, when we come back, everybody. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. All right, so uh, we're talking AI, which I know our listeners are going to be shocked about. Uh, so we have a <laughs> few, few stories to, to, to address here. So details are a little sparse, uh, but Google's answer to ChatGPT or BARD uh, yeah. apparently is coming to some uh, clarity, if you will. Uh, they had a big presentation yesterday outlining what BARD was going to do, what their plans were to integrate it with search, blah, blah, blah. You can... You can Google that if you want to learn more. But interestingly, they talked about an integration uh, with ZipRecruiter and Indeed. Not real clear what is going to happen here. Uh, I did a search on Bard because I am I'm in the I'm in the test group. I think more and more are. But I searched mm-hmm. like 
sales jobs near me. It just gave me like go to career builder, which was interesting. Uh, one of the answers <laughs> is like go to monster indeed or career builder. And then I said, and then I did like zip recruiter colon sales jobs to see what happened. Nothing really happened there. So I'm not exactly sure how this is going to play out, but the fact that they listed indeed and zip recruiter um, as partners is certainly interesting. Chad, what are your thoughts on where Google's going with Bard and our job search brothers? Well, thanks to Rob and Alex over across the pond at Talent Nexus for actually turning us on to this. Uh, this, to me, is the antithesis of what should be happening with generative AI. Over the years with Google initiatives, we've seen incredibly lazy and, and uninformed moves in the job market from Google Base to the, the initial launch of Google for Jobs, Google Hire, the Google Jobs API, and then the military crosswalk uh, job search that they had, which was a fucking disaster. If Google has done anything in this space, it has demonstrated that it doesn't understand this space. So no matter how many PhDs they throw at it, it's, it's just not going to work until they start to get people who understand the actual industry. We're so much different than every other industry. So in this case, we shouldn't be training off of duplicative data points. Uh, we should be training on driving users to actually the, the actual source of the job. Is this a political positioning move for, for Google to try and build a defensive case and, and try not to get into legal hot water like they did in the EU? Eh, maybe. Maybe. It's somewhat of a mirage, though, and, de and detracts from Google for jobs. Uh, it's also very lazy uh, effort to consume jobs because it's not it's not going directly to the source. Uh, and Google for jobs already has feeds that are marked up. So why why are they doing this instead of just using what's already available to them, right? Once again, with Google initiatives, and we've seen this over and over and over. I remember back in the base days, Google is so fucking big. They don't, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing at all. And that's exactly, I think, what's happening here. So I, I think whatever we see out of this is, is literally just going to be, it's, it's going to be just trash. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. And I was um, spending a lot of time on the flight or waiting for my flight, more or less, <laughs> uh, thinking about this. So yes. when Google for Jobs came out, Indeed was like, we're not going to play. Right. Like, we're not involved. We're not doing it. Fuck it. Um, they obviously have since changed course and they are putting their jobs on Google for jobs. So the fact that they would be sort of an early adopter, early partner in, in terms of this was really interesting to me. Also, what does this mean for the future of Google for jobs? Uh, they just launched pay-per-click. Like yeah. they just started monetizing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they said, Hey, we're not monetizing it enough or there's not enough interest. We need to like change course. So that was weird to me as well. Um, I think what, what the real fear of Google is, is having their search leapfrogged by chat GPT. So if oh, you yeah. can just say, hey, Google or Bard or whatever, uh, I need a reservation at such restaurant on Friday night between like seven and eight. Can you do that? And it just goes out to open door, makes a reservation and, and like you're done. It syncs in with your Google account or whatever. And that's done. So we've we've had news before about uh, Apple being concerned about ChatGPT leapfrogging the app ecosystem. I don't need an iPhone with apps anymore. I can just do it with voice or talk to my AI assistant and it'll just do it for me. Well, an, an obvious sort of thing to do is, is classifieds. Mm -hmm. um, and jobs is one of those things like, hey, Bard, I need a job. I need a sales job in, in Milwaukee. 
that pays between you know seventy five and a hundred grand a year. Da da da. Okay, bam, it goes in there and it gives it to you, and, and it needs trusted sources yes. to be able to deliver that stuff to you. Because if if Bard starts delivering stuff that's like you know Joey's Lobster <laughs> Cabin, um, it's it's more like LinkedIn today. Yeah, and it's it's from a job site <laughs> called you know Joel'sList dot com or something. <laughs> You're like, this is bullshit. Yes. I'm not going to use this. So to have these trusted sources where it's Open Door or uh, Zillow or whatever to search these things, I think that is where Google has to go. So maybe it has less to do without about job postings and, and li- political stuff. It's just it's fear that search itself is is at risk. And if we don't create these these collaborations with brands people trust, they're not going to use us. And to me, that is the bigger picture for what Google's looking at. Now, how do you get in the door and how don't you? Do users select, hey, I really love this job site, this right. local site. I want that part. I think that'll be uh, that'll be determined later. But to me, it's, ju- it's a real threat to the actual business of search that Google is do- is making these um, these partnerships, but it's very very interesting, and yes. we're both excited to talk about it. Oh yeah, uh, on the podcast, um, more of more of Google to come. But we don't talk about Dice very much, chats. So let's throw. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Let's throw them in the mix here in our AI block. Uh, Tech Job Board <laughs> Dice has launched Dice Auto Pen. Auto Pen, an AI powered tool developed on OpenAI to help tech professionals generate cover letters when applying to jobs on the Dice mobile app. Chad, your mind is blown. I can see it. What are your thoughts on the news from Dice? Cover letters for, for, for tech. <laughs> fucking cover letters. You wasted tech assets, PR and marketing <laughs> assets on fucking cover letters. Dude, I got nothing. Art and the team have literally dug the hole and they're starting to do- to throw dirt on themselves. I mean, cover letters. I, Dude, I got nothing. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard for the tech market. Cover letters. That's that's the best you got, Art? Yeah. Fire yourself. You're saying they didn't go deep enough. <laughs> Just the tip. And they branded it, which is the funny thing. Dice Auto Pen. Um <laughs> Again, they wasted assets on something that is this fucking worthless. I have to assume auto pin will be a, a, a suite of features. One is cover letters. One is resumes. One is like a total auto pin. For the tech community, it's really not even necessary. The thing that they're yeah. missing yeah. or the testing, the I mean, all of the things that bring community yeah. together. They just don't. It's much like yeah. Google as we're talking about like our space, art and team. Dice is one of the oldest job sites in the world, and guess what? They just don't fucking get it. Yeah, how many how many recruiters uh, hiring tech folks bitch about? Gee, the cover letters just aren't what they used to be. <laughs> we need better cover letters on our tech our tech applications. Oh, oh yes. Oh god. Fuck. Dice, dice, dice. All right, let's go to our third story in the AI block. About 35% of U.S. workers believe that their job will become more reliant on workplace automation in the next few years, while almost 10% have already been impacted by it, according to a survey by our friends at SHRM. Additionally, 23% of workers are concerned that automation will replace their jobs in the next five years. That's almost one in four, Chad. Women were found to be less concerned about job displacement due to automation compared to men. I don't know where to go with that one. But Chad, what are your thoughts on all this concern about jobs being replaced 
by the bots. I think the last place I'm going to go to try to do research on generative AI and replacement and all that other, but is sure. Okay. 60% of the time it works every time. They do a survey. Come on, man. This is, again, one of the things that we have way too much of these days is shitty content, worthless content that just presses a narrative that doesn't even fucking exist yet, right? If we start to talk to people who actually get it and there's data that goes along with that, then let's have that conversation. But this is just Sherm trying to get into the AI conversation, trying to look cool so that uh, Johnny can get another really expensive suit or some shit like that. Who the fuck knows? I mean, it's just crazy. Oh, that's a red alert, Chad, and my, my spidey senses have gone off on this story. What I want to know is uh, with things like this, you got upskilling companies. You know How many how many companies are in this sector? So I want to know... What companies is Sherm now going to invest in that this data will support <laughs> to make these companies more profitable? That's what uh, I want to know, Chad, because you know deep down yeah. we're going to make more money because we're going to be an education source for all these HR people who are scared of being replaced. And we're going to make money on these companies that are going to provide, provide services yes. uh, for all these people that are scared to death. Yeah. And Sherm is going to look like uh, you know Duck McScrooge on uh, Duke <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> In uh, Old Town, Alexandria, uh, and Johnny Taylor's going to be, uh, you know, cocaine and uh, <laughs> cocaine and hose and boats and whatever. I got nothing. This is uh, this is some funny shit. Anyway, let's talk about productivity. That is the end of our AI block, everybody. So the United States has experienced five consecutive quarters for year-over-year declines in productivity, which has never happened before. Since the data was first collected way back in 1948, the low productivity is creating compensation pressures and pushing up unit labor costs. Research suggests that the current low productivity environment is due to the constraints that the pandemic has placed on the economy, such as supply chain constraints, labor constraints, and capital constraints. Increased productivity would alleviate each of these concerns as well as cost pressures. Experts are optimistic that numbers will trend towards normal again this year. Sounds like a work from home scam to me, Chad, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, first and foremost, we put out a, a podcast episode this week with Andrea from, from Vizier that is, is focused on turnover contagion. And it's fucking hard to keep pace with your when your positions aren't filled or, or new employees are onboarding in training uh, and just not up to snuff with their, their their predecessors. Right. So this isn't a work from home problem. It's a continued workforce problem. And it won't be fixed until companies start changing the ways they are doing business by focusing on employees first instead of just the outcomes. The outcomes will come. If you put the time and the effort into your people, I mean, come on, this is this is basic shit. Uh, so when the employee trusts the company, they commit to the company, they stay with the company and productivity happens. Morale won't increase with more beatings, iron fists and uh, less focus on humans doing the job. So the article uh, says from EY's uh, Gregory Daco, 
acknowledged hearing from clients that remote work could be making employees, well, work less hard, end quote. That's completely anecdotal and builds a false narrative to divert away from the real problem. Again, one of the things that we have to do, and I'm I'm glad that we do this podcast weekly, is we have to cut through the bullshit, period. Take a look at the market. Take a look at what's happening. What is actually impacting it? It's quitting. It's turnover. It's uh, this, this turnover contagion thing that's actually happening. It's still happening. Okay. It is still happening. It's not remote workers. And if it is, it's a very, very small, small fraction of the problem. Sounds like another billionaire scam, (laughs) Chad, from where I sit. So your buddy, Johnny Taylor. Oh, good God. From Sherm. uh, He he was a presenter at ISEMS. That's what you uh, want to call him. And his take... His take on this was that uh, all the productivity news at the beginning of the pandemic were more productive uh, working from home, or at least were as productive uh, as we has been. His take was there was nowhere to go, right? Everything was closed, everything locked down. Like all you had to do was sit home with kids that, you know, probably hated you and you were mad at them. Uh, So all you had to do was like close the office door and work. And now that we have places to go, everything's open, that people are doing stuff outside of that. I have no doubt that people, you know, were really productive at the beginning, maybe are taking a few more trips to uh, Chipotle, the Dairy Queen, uh, the Orange (laughs) Julius at the mall. I don't know where it is or what they're doing in their local markets, but they're willing to be as productive as you are willing to lead them on the projects and things that the company needs to get done. I've had coaches Yes, I used to play sports, Chad. I know looking at me, that's easy to understand. But the best coaches out there were the ones that say, look, if we're not performing, if you're not doing what I need you to do, if you aren't uh, uh, producing at your highest level, Mm -hmm. it's not your fault. It's my fault. And the best coaches are willing to look in the mirror and say – I it's the buck stops here. If we're not doing what we need to do, it's on me and I need to uh, motivate you, educate you, get you in the right spot, Mm -hmm. uh, get you, you know, on the right position that you need to be in. So to me, this is a, this is a failure on the part of leadership. Maybe there's a learning curve, maybe learning to motivate uh, in remote conditions is something we'll get through. But to me, like to blame the workers is just short-sighted and really lazy. Uh, just like the best coaches in the world, they look in the mirror and say, it's on me if we're not producing. And the best managers out there need to look at themselves and say, if we're not producing, it's on me. Yes. Agreed. Well, it's funny too, because we just did a show a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, where, you know, Johnny's talking about, you know, the, the prospect of remote work not working. Well, 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 that asshole actually outsourced, fired somebody who wanted to go remote and then outsourced the job to India so he could pay 40% more. That's still fucking, that's still fucking remote work, asshole. Again, it only makes sense to the CEOs because it's in their brain as they're getting ready to go to the country club on Friday and you should be home working. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, 
performance and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at AcquireROI.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Just in time for lunch, Chad, let's talk about <laughs> Wendy's. They're set to deploy an AI-powered chatbot to automate its drive through service powered by natural, lang- natural language software from Google. Wendy's aims to streamline the ordering process and avoid long lines in the drive through lanes from turning customers away. The AI chatbot is trained to understand the various ways customers order off the menu and includes unique terms and phrases specific to Wendy's burgers, fries, and other items. Can I hear someone say Frosty? Amen. Wendy's has been working with Google since 2021 in areas such as data analytics, machine learning, and cloud tools. The customized language model is built and fine-tuned on top of Google's own large language model. Chad, the drive-through is about to get a lot more interesting. What are your thoughts? Uh, we've got McDonald's, who's they're launching humanless stores. No, no uh-huh. people work at the stores, right? Th- this is this is just a step toward that. And I remember being a kid working the drive-thru. That, that was probably the best job. I Working the fryer was not the best job, right? <laughs> I mean, so we're, being able to actually talk to people, give them their food, that kind of thing. Get numbers from girls. Yeah, I yep. know what you're well, saying. I mean, yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things. But I mean, it, it just makes sense. And, and if I don't have to be on the mic and have to go through all the bullshit and I can just, you know, again, take some of those tasks off and just interact human to human through through the actual drive through, it's interesting. But then that human's going to be taken away from the drive through, and there's going to be a robot that's handing the bag out sometime soon. Yeah. So you remember when we talked about uh, the Walmart robots uh, mm-hmm. stacking shelves, and how long how long would it take for someone to pick up a Louisville Slugger uh, to one of those robots? Right. And so my mind, as as awful as it is, goes to like <laughs> the games people are going to play. Oh, yeah. with with AI at the drive-through. So, little story, uh one spring break, I went down to uh to Texas, South Padre Island, uh with a bunch of, oh, of friends. Nice. And one of the friends got kind of cute with ordering at whatever restaurant around. He or- he ordered um pole smokes, pole smokes. And I'll let you use your own mind in terms of what that what that is a, a metaphor for. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, the cashier didn't know what that was, and he went on to say, "Like, oh, we have them in the mid- Midwest. You don't sell them here." She asked the manager, "Like, do we have pole smokes?" And he got the joke and laughed, ha ha. And then, like, whatever. So, I mean, the things are going to happen. See more butts yeah. at this. <laughs> at this, yeah. So, so I'm really hoping for the day that uh, I can go to the the McDonald's near me uh, and order my barbacoa bowl. That's what. Oh that's what I want. <laughs> It's time for a nap. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.